everyone. My name is Pam Stack, and I'm your host. This is Authors on the Air. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Before I get to my final guest on Superstar Wednesday, I'd like to remind you that there are some new books being released, as there are generally every week, um, especially now. Lots of good books out there. But I've picked a few of my favorites to mention to you. The first one is The Shadows We Hide by New York Times bestselling author Alan Eskins, who was my guest earlier today. It's a spectacular book. Um, then the other book that is just released on Monday by Down and Out Books is from Tom Pitts, the author of American Static. His new book is called 101. Um, terrific noir crime fiction. Uh, Catherine Jane released Diamonds to Die For, an Intrepid Woman a series book. Um, my guest tonight, Diane Stuckard, has released Fool's Moon, a tarot cat's mystery, and we're going to talk to her all about that. Jamie Mason released James Bond, James Bond Roulette, and PJ Fiala re- released the second book in her Bounty Hunter series called Lincoln. It is a hot cover. Go and check it out. And my colleague, who is the host of Now Appalachia, Elliot Parker, just released A Knife's Edge. Please go and look for these books um, wherever you get your books, online or in brick and mortar. As I said, my guest tonight is Diane Stuckert. I met Diane, who is the chapter chair of the Florida Mystery Writers of America, um, at dinner with Jeffrey Deaver. She was kind enough to invite me to go and have dinner with Jeff, whom I've had on the show many, many times, as you know. In the meantime, um, I learned that Diane was also a, a New York Times bestselling author. She writes under different names. We're going to talk about that. But I'm thrilled that she's here with me tonight because not only is she a New York Times bestselling author, she's a Florida gal just like me. Diane Stuckert, welcome to Authors on the Air. Pam, thank you so much for having me. I'm really pleased to be here. I'm thrilled to be able to talk to you again. It's It's been a while since I saw you last. Um, you know, t- time flies really fast, but I know Mr. Deaver was there doing um, some classes with you and your um, members in Florida, yeah, actually, right? Actually, he uh, is the current, uh, on the way out, unfortunately, president of Mr. Writers of America, right. and he very graciously agreed on his own to do a class for each of our chapters uh, here in the U.S. And so he traveled all over the country and gave a several-hour presentation, just basically talking about the writing life, talking about his writing process. And it was simply wonderful. We were thrilled to have him down here. Uh, He comes and visits us every so often, and it's a great time every time. Yeah, he's a a really interesting man, and I'm so glad that I had the pleasure of sharing dinner with you and um, a few other people along with Jeff Deaver. Thank you for inviting me. So congratulations on the release of your new book. And this is a a new series for you, correct? Yes, it is. Uh, I used to write the Black Cat Bookshop Mystery Series with Berkeley, and uh, when that series ended, I really, really wanted another cat series because my readers are cat people, and by golly, that's what they like. And so I was so pleased to be able to come up with another concept with a couple of black cats that seems to be um, getting some really good uh, feedback and reviews so far. 
I'm so glad. Well, you know, I told you I'm I'm a bad meme. I'm an old lady with five cats, and one of them is black. And of course, anything with cats, I I love. So your cats, though, are kind of sleuths, aren't they? They sure are. And actually, uh, the stars of the Black Cat, I'm sorry, of the Tarot Cat Mystery Series, uh, this is Brandon Bobtail and Ophelia. They're actually based on my own two black cats, Brandon Bobtail and Ophelia. Uh, my cats don't go out solving mysteries, but these two kits, uh, they're out there. Um, their owner has passed away under mysterious circumstances. They've been dumped on the streets. And. Uh, they're not about to just take this, you know, lying down. They, you know, hop to their paws and they head out looking, trying to solve the mystery about who may or may not have had something to do with their past owner's murder. I hate the fact that a cat is dumped on the street. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that you're that you're that Ophelia and 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 Bob Bob Brandon Bobtail Brandon Bobtail are are so smart and they're super sleuths because um, it would break my heart to think of cats being out on the street. I'm I'm sure yours are rescued. I know mine all are too. They Um, are actually. There you go. So um, I know that this is not your first series about cats. Um, You've written under several pen names. Would you tell readers and listeners about how they can find your previous books and how you've written Ah, well, you can kind of find me all over the place. As I said, my original cat series was the Black Cat Bookshop Mystery Series. I wrote that under the name of Allie Brandon. And uh, the reason I actually used that name is because I had had a previous series with Berkeley, which was the Leonardo da Vinci Mystery Series, which had no cats, though it did have a dog. In fact, uh, the cover of the second book, Portrait of a Lady, features my Italian greyhound ranger, who was a character named Pio in the book. So I do try to incorporate my pets. But since that was historical mystery, you know, they thought it was important to kind of differentiate. So that's why I came up with Allie Brandon. And I'm sure your readers and listeners uh, all know quite a few cat people who write with the yes. last initial of B. So I figured that was the way to go. Uh, there you go. I've been writing uh, under uh, that name and the Diane name. I've also written historical romance as Alexa Smart. Uh, that was back in the ancient days of writing in the 90s. But uh, I've actually uh, republished a few of those as ebooks. And uh, let's see. Oh, I've got another series coming out from a different publisher, uh, Crooked Lane Books. That will be next May, will be the debut of the Georgia B&B Mysteries. So folks can be That's looking fun. for that. Uh, I may or may not be writing as Diane on that one. It's uh, still a little bit up in the air. But right now we're concentrating on getting those tarot cats out into the world and hopefully getting a lot of people to read them. How did you title this? How did the Tarot Cats Mysteries come about? Oh, well, obviously cats are something I've been very interested in. But I've also been a... uh, lifelong, I guess we should say kind of fan of the tarot. I only read for friends. I'm not uh, anywhere near an expert. Um, Mostly being a writer, I enjoy the symbolism of the tarot cards. Uh, In fact, Mm -hmm. I have a friend of mine who's a writer as well as a tarot card reader, and we have a presentation we do. um, We've done it a couple times at Sleuth Fest, which is a uh, writer's conference here in South Florida. 
and we combine tarot with the uh, hero's journey, uh, Joseph Campbell. I'm sure that you're familiar with him. Sure. Uh, and the, the, the symbolism of tarot is just really interesting. And what I intended on the titles, um, the first one is Fool's Moon, and the Fool card is number zero, the beginning of the journey in the tarot major arcana. So I'm just trying to kind of go through the cards in order with my book titles. Oh, I love that. What a great idea. How fun is that? And because tarot obviously is supposed to be a kind of a glimpse into the future or maybe the past, it makes sense. So, um, and that's how your kitty cats got involved. I love that. Now, um, I want to kind of go back before you were a writer. Um, you started off as um, with a degree in journalism, which is very, I think, very common with a lot of writers. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever worked as a journalist, though, did you? Well, actually, I went to the University of Oklahoma, and their journalism program had a very strong novel writing sequence, and that's actually where I you know, took my coursework. We had uh, Dwight Swain, uh, those of us uh, out here who are writers are probably very familiar with his name. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a gentleman who uh, codified quite a few writing techniques back uh, in the 60s and 70s, and then mm-hmm. Jack Bickham was one of his protégés. He actually was one of my instructors there. So wow. um, I never did get to actually work uh, in journalism because I was concentrating more on the novel writing. Have but it was a great been, background. Um, I, I bet it was. Um, you have to write very concise, very tight, the who, what, where, why, and when, and how type of stuff. So you're you're really focused on what it is you're writing. Um have you always been a reader? Oh, yeah. I was one of those who back in the uh, good old days. Um, oops, hang on a second. I had to switch out phone. Oh, <laughs> I've just got invaded okay. by a dog. <laughs> okay. There we go. It's okay. Yeah. No, I was one of those children who as soon as I learned to um, – Read, you know, I'd be at the breakfast table with a box of cereal, reading all the ingredients, reading right. you know, everything on the box, oh, yeah. book in hand, and spent an awful lot of time at the library carrying home those big stacks of books, which never lasted from Saturday to Saturday. That right. I was always done about halfway through the week, and it was so disappointing to have to wait. Ah, uh, so what do you remember what you liked to read when you were younger? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, a couple of things were really big. Uh, of course, when I was really young, I started out with the Bobsy Twins, uh, a little bit sure. of mystery there, and uh, then graduated to Trixie Belt. And I never did read Nancy Drew for some reason. I don't know why that never was on my horizon, but it never was. But the main thing I would do when I'd go in there on those Saturdays, uh, I'd meet up with a librarian. I'd say, is there any books that have to do with magical things? And so I think I went through the entire library of magic. Uh, I loved uh, Edgar Eager, those books, uh, Half Magic, wow. and a whole you know, slew of those in his series. Uh, anything that had magic and witches, you know, hmm, surprise. So that's why I write tarot mysteries now. <laughs> I think that's great. What a what a fun way to d- figure out what you wanted to write. So that's great. Is your phone still working? 
I'm still here. Yeah. I don't, okay. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm old school here with old phones. Hopefully, it's not beeping on your end anymore. I've, this is number no, three phone that nope, I switched to. Nope. Don't worry about it. You're fine. I just wanted to make sure you were still connected because I'm I good. know what happens. You know, when you when you if you're picking up a phone that's not charged, it's always a problem. Um. You know, when I was reading your bio on your website, which is so delightfully easy to use, thank you very much. Um, oh, you're welcome. You, you also mentioned that um, you, you've been, uh, you've lived in South Florida for a, a dozen years now. I'm sorry, dear, you have to be here 20 to qualify <laughs> as a native. You are a Floridian. Oh, I'm not saying not a native. Florida. I'm a Floridian, not a native. You are I, a I will always be a native Texan. There you go. Well, I was born and raised in Miami, so I, that's why I'm I'm holding the bar a little bit high for you, <laughs> but you're getting there. Um, you you said that you are a caretaker to several dogs and cats, but you also like what you called creative landscaping. What does that mean? Uh, well, more recently, it's been going crazy with the shears and pruning things. Uh, I don't want to say into topiary, but into better shapes. Uh, actually, I'm the type that has grandiose plans. I was hoping <laughs> to put one of those mazes uh, in the front yard, or if not, uh-huh. maybe a labyrinth, so I could do meditative walking. You know, it, it's been a great thought. I've got, actually, I own one of those uh, electrical uh, cement mixers. Uh, I haven't used it yet, though. It's still in the box. (laughs) I have to put it together. But I have a bunch of, like, uh, little concrete molds. One has a, um, like, a tiki-type face. And then I've got a really cute one that is a stepping stone with a bee pattern. And that's something I'm going to be making more of those to put in my bee yard. Because you are a beekeeper. Yes, we are. Small scale, of course. This is strictly hobby. We've only got five hives. But still, are you um, are you generating honey from those hives? Ah, yes, we are actually. My husband uh, is more of the one who takes care of them because he's self-employed, and so he is you know home to kind of keep an eye on them. He just puts some uh, new supers, which is like the top box you put on top of the mm-hmm. hive where the mm-hmm. bees can start uh, making honey for us instead of just honey for the hive, you know, to get them through the winter. And last year we had our first crop. It was a small crop, but, boy, it was good. We gave it away to friends. We gave it away to family. And we already have people lined up uh, this year saying, if you have more honey, can we have some? So, yeah, that was a pretty cool thing to do. Um, my friend Simon Wood, who lives in California, has a massive bee growing, beekeeping thing. And um, so I bought some honey from him because he brought me a sample to a BoucherCon one time. And uh-huh. it was so good. There's nothing like fresh honey. There's just nothing oh, no. like it. You know, it, you just can't beat it. So, um put me on your list <laughs> i'll have to do that and we get all kinds of interesting flavors too because you know the bees really? they don't just visit what's in our yard they you know can go far afield and uh they can pick up brazilian pepper so you get a little kick to your honey uh they can you know That's do the flowers they can do the citrus and we get a little bit of all those flavors there so it's really fun to taste from you know we, we have quite a few friends who raise bees also and it's fun to do the little taste testings Oh, how fun. Now, are they pollinating your um, your flowers in your yard? Yeah, we have uh, several small citrus trees, and, of course, they're in there. They also love the palm trees. 
So yeah, yeah. it's amazing. You know, it, not until we had bees did I realize just how many different trees and plants bees hung out in. And we won't allow anybody to cut stuff off of, uh, you know, the trees that are any type of flower sure. because the bees love them, you know. Absolutely. And we hang out under the trees watching them buzz away, getting their pollen, and just, you know, enjoy the sight. It's, it, it's you know, very peaceful to watch them at work. Oh, it's so, that sounds so cool. Um, you're also a founding member of the Gold Coast Paranormal Society, which doesn't surprise me. But you <laughs> say that you're the group's only skeptic. So um, here you are growing up reading magic books and you're writing about tarot cats and and but you're the skeptic in the paranormal society first of all what exactly is the gold paranormal society we are a volunteer group there's seven of us and we go to usually it's uh people's residences every so often we do go to a business if somebody's having something uh, of an issue that they think is paranormal related uh, they'll call us and we go in uh, we try very hard to maintain a uh, scientific approach to what we do if you've watched any of the ghost hunting shows on tv uh, we're more in the um, line of ghost hunters rather than the screamy boys as we call them at ghost adventures we go in with our equipment we go in and we try to replicate what our clients are experiencing and most of the times we can find logical uh, explanations for what's going on but you know sometimes there's not and in that case we try to get uh, you know data put together we'll get uh, recordings of EVPs electronic voice phenomenon Uh, sometimes we can get uh, photographic evidence and it's mostly to give the client an idea of what we think is happening and then give them some logical steps they can take to hopefully get rid of the activity how fascinating who knew are there other paranormal societies around florida Oh, there's tons of them, actually. When uh, Ghost Hunters became very popular on TV, I think there was just a whole explosion of them. But uh, there's actually an annual uh, gathering of Florida paranormal groups. And uh, I'm aware of probably seven or eight, you know, within the state. And there's probably more people who aren't, you know, officially affiliated with a group but do this on their own. It's, It's a very popular activity. How fun is that? Although I'm kind of a scaredy cat of things like that. So if it's stuff that's going to make you scream, I'm not the least bit interested, you know. But, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll but, tell you what makes a difference. If you're with, a, you know, somebody else, you know, if there's a couple of uh-huh. you, it's a lot mm-hmm. less scary. If you're by yourself and you crawl up into an attic alone, yeah. And and it's not even so much of what's there. It's what your mind does to you. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah. There's safety in numbers, safety in numbers. Absolutely. That, I, I believe that. So it might be fun then. Um, uh, first of all, before we go any further, I'd like you to tell everyone where they can find you on the webs, please. Okie dokie. You can go to my website uh, either under www.dianestuckart.com or you can go to tarotcats.com. That'll take you to the same place. And on the website, you'll learn about me, you'll learn about the tarot cats and my previous books. 
uh, all kinds of good stuff there. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, there's a page called Black Cat Mysteries, and that features both the tarot cats, Brandon and Ophelia, and also Hamlet the Cat from the Black Cat Bookshop Mystery Series. Uh, Hamlet uh, originated the page, and he still is on there kind of snarking, but uh, since he's retired from sleuthing, he's mostly there mentoring Brendan, uh, Brandon and Ophelia on how to be good cat sleuths. So you can find me there as well. Oh, how fun. Fun, fun, fun. Um, I want to talk about about the tarot cats. You have just released this first book now. Um, do you ha- plan on making this a long-running series? Is this what your plans are? Or will this be a trilogy or what? Uh, it's kind of up in the air at this point. I had at least planned for a trilogy, and I'm attempting to um, go through the Tarot Major Arcana with my title, so there could be uh-huh. up to 23 books there. But uh, really looking forward to this, and we'll just kind of have to see how it goes. Right now, we just want to uh, see how the Tarot Cats launch. Well, I wish you all the best of luck with it, Diane, and thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Um, that's uh, This has been so much fun. I've just learned so much about you and, and all things paranormal. It's been a blast having you. Well, it's been a fun time, and I'm glad we could have a, a little chat about everything, including books. Well, I hope I see you this year at Sleuth Fest. Hey, I'll be there. Be looking for me. I'll be looking for you. Sounds like a plan. This is Diane Stuckart. You, she is her new book is Fool's Moon. It's part of the tar- it is the launch of the Tarot Cat Mysteries. Please go and find it in any bookstore or your online favorite place to get books. Diane, have a wonderful holiday if I don't talk to you before then. Thank you, you too. Okay. And thanks for being with me, friends. I appreciate it. I hope you also have a great day and thank you, Mom and Dad. Good night. Thank you.